0: Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting worldwide KFUO, serving as an underwriter for Faith and Family. Find out more about them when you look for the CUW logo on our website, kfuo.org. The holidays are approaching. The holidays are here and lots of family gatherings. How do you get along with family, especially that acquired family, those in-laws, as we call them? Uh, How do you get along with them, learn to uh, learn to love one another? And how do you cope with uh, perhaps some of those stressful situations, stressful conversations? Well, how do you get through that? We have a great guest lined up to help us with that today, Megan Meisler. She's a, a uh, licensed clinical social worker and a DCE, serving with Lutheran Counseling Services of Florida, and a returning guest here on Faith and Family. Megan, welcome back to Faith and Family.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. I
0: always enjoy talking with you, and I feel so much calmer after doing so. Thanks for being (laughs) my guest. Tell us about your work with uh, Lutheran Counseling Services of Florida.
1: Yes, like you said, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I am a DCE. Um, So my role at Lutheran Counseling Services has changed a bit in the last year. Um, I came on in the last couple of months, um, took on a new role as the Director of Programs, so I'm in charge of our school counseling ministry and our older adult ministry. And what we do is we place counselors in our private schools um, around the Orlando area and in an, adult, an older adult community in the area. Um, so they are able to meet with students and meet with older adults to do one-on-one counseling and run groups. And then I have my own... Um, uh, my own clients that I see in private practice here as well. So it's it's just an ever-evolving ministry, and we are constantly growing down here in Winter Park, Florida.
0: Well, very good. So it sounds like you, you work with people of a variety of ages and uh, families yeah. as well, individuals and families, it sounds like.
1: Yes, and I have three children of my own and a husband. So I have in-laws, I have family that live right here in Orlando as well. So this is a a very pertinent topic to myself
0: as well. Well, very good. Uh, glad that uh, that you have that experience yourself as well. You know, with the holidays, do you have uh, family traditions? Do, does the family get together for for holidays, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, New Year's? Those, those types of events that are coming up. Do, do large groups, or uh, do you have a large family that gets together for those?
1: Yes, we have. Um, we have my parents and my husband's parents in town. We have my sister and my husband's brother in town. Um, so we gather regularly for you know Thanksgiving, birthday, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day. I mean you name it, and wow. we we're always trying to get together. So. You it's, guys get it's together regular for family gathering. You get
0: together for <laughs> President's Day? Do you have a big right, family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. We've got a family it, get together.
1: together
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like your family gets along well and uh, loves to get together, which which is mm-hmm. great. And I'm sure many families are, are like that, have lots of uh, family gatherings together. Uh, and perhaps some, you know, many don't. But for those, those families, especially those larger families where everybody gets together or travels, you know, from one town to another or travels across, the country to spend time together. Sometimes there are extended periods of time where you're, you're spending together, and uh, perhaps blood pressure can rise. Things can be challenging because we're not in our usual environment, whether we're staying at someone else's house or someone else is staying as an extended guest with us during that time. Uh, or even just uh, when you're gathered together for a, a, a meal as a family, sometimes, well, perhaps conversations don't go the the way that you had hoped or uh, all kinds of different things can come up. And sometimes it gets awkward or uncomfortable or even stressful uh, when we get together as a family. Do you think that is... is do do you think the holidays sometimes bring stress for, for individuals and for families because of the those times that, you know, we're, we're dreading those times to get together? We like getting together with family, but there, there are some situations that are just awkward and we stress about.
1: Well, yeah, and I think, you know, I think you, you said one thing, too. It's like traditions. So especially when you get together with in-laws, I mean, we have different family systems that we come from. When my husband and I were first married, You know, those times when we came together on the holidays, you could see the stark differences in the way that we grew up. And and no way was right or wrong. It's just we come from two different family systems. And so when you try to collide those together, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable at times. We have different traditions on my family than my husband has on his. And so then you kind of got to work out that uncomfortableness, you know. My husband's family likes to all sit around a big table and eat dinner, you know, prim and proper. And my family doesn't always do that. I'm from a pastor's family and, you know, it was, you know, fly by the seat of your pants at Christmas <laughs> and hit every single service, you know. So it's just it's just different family systems, I think, that sometimes come together and you have to work out how that grows and changes at times. And so those are some things that have to get, you know, worked out along the way. And then you have to bring in. You know like you said conversations that sometimes hit on some hot hot topics and when you gather in adults that you know don't always agree on everything um then you have some of those awkward times um that that bring about some stressors um in conversations as as all these people are gathered in one place
0: i certainly want to get to conversations uh, mm-hmm. and how we <laughs> approach those conversations especially this year being an election year, that can always uh, bring about some interesting conversations as yeah. the families gather together. But I, I want to go back to the the first point you made, that uh, a very helpful one, that we come mm-hmm. from different families of origin. When 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 uh, a couple gets married, they're they're bringing two different families of origin into this relationship, and mm-hmm. that can raise some questions. You a great example that you gave in terms of family traditions for for holidays. Uh, for your family, it was. Uh, because due to the nature of your your father's vocation, um, the the holiday meals were sometimes uh, well weren't exactly the formal sit down with exactly. with nice chi- yeah. with, with nice china and all the polished silverware and things like that. And uh, we all gather around the same table and someone carves the turkey, that okay. sort of thing. It was it was probably a bit more what my family was like. Uh, I was used to growing up with those, dis- you know, at holiday. Uh, family gatherings, it was the the disposable plates and mm, quite often real silverware, but, you know, if, if it was a good year, it was the nice silverware. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, all this and, and we spread out all over the house because there wasn't enough room for everybody around one big table. There just wasn't a table big enough for everybody. And uh, perhaps there were there were tables set up, but it was spread out through all the house. Uh, even in the the garage tables. You know, the garage was cleaned up and tables were set up in there. It was just, it was anywhere you could find a place to sit. Uh, So I certainly understand that. And uh, you know, when, when my wife and I, uh, shortly before we married, I remember visiting her family and it was different in terms of everybody gathering around the table with the kids having their own table, of course, you know, uh, and yes. <laughs> I, I was not sent to the kids table, but, you know, everybody gathering around the table and, and uh, dad carved the turkey and and that was very much so a family tradition in nice China and things like that were we're all a part of that that family's tradition that was new to me, but I gladly welcomed it. Uh, it was it was fun, and just like you said, neither tradition was right or wrong. But the the question is, how do you approach those traditions, and what become your new traditions in in your own new family as well?
1: Mm-hmm. My um my father often tells the story of in his family growing up, you never opened presents on Christmas Eve. You only opened all your presents on Christmas Day. And in my mother's family, you opened them all on Christmas Eve. And you and you didn't open them on Christmas Day. And so when they (laughs) brought you know, when they established their home, it was, okay, what are we gonna do? And so they made a compromise. We would open one on Christmas Eve and then we'd open the rest on Christmas Day. Well when my dad's dad, his parents came to visit for Christmas Eve um, he wasn't willing to open any on Christmas Eve because they wanted to keep their traditions. And it's so how do you, you know, how do you say, well, in our house, this is, this is our new tradition and this is our new family. And so it's just, you know, it's just about setting new traditions sometimes and having those difficult conversations with family as you begin your new family. And sometimes we do have to be more flexible and then almost like mourn the loss of traditions that we used to have as kids. And that's hard. And so you have to be aware of when you're feeling emotional about change. And I think you know holidays bring up just a bunch of emotion about changes and differences, and and even you know the past traditions that we have to let go of, and and changes that are coming about as you establish your new family.
0: I, and I suppose asking the question, is it worth uh, is it worth it to yeah. uh, to you know to to demand or to expect something, uh, of others, or is it, or do you, do you compromise for the sake of the relationship for the sake of, of others? Is that a fair question A fair thing to consider?
1: Is it worth it? I think that it's worth having the discussion. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth, um, and most of the time when there's children involved, I think it's worth teaching compromise, right? Um, I think children around the family and around the tradition always bring a different, you know, a different aspect to it because we're teaching something and I feel like adults sometimes will soften if, Oh, we got to teach the kids this, you know? Um, but I think it's always worth it to have the conversation and, you know, being aware of how you approach subjects and that we don't just stay upset, but we, we give opportunity for dialogue about, you know about our feelings, or about what traditions, you know, were, and how we'd like them to move, or change, or grow in that way.
0: So traditions can be very—we can be very territorial about traditions as humans, yes, we
1: can, <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially around Being the holidays. From
1: experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in our family, it was. Uh, let's see. In my family, we would open some presents on Christmas Eve, particularly um, a lot of the family presents, like from one to another. And then the, like the, the Christmas morning presents were like the, the big Christmas presents and stockings and things like that, that we would open on Christmas morning. But like with cousins and and grandmas and grandpas and that sort of thing, that's what we did on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning was uh, Christmas day was more of the, the bigger individual presents. So. And, I, you know, it's interesting to see how that uh, is changing with each generation now that we have a child as well, and, and what are those traditions, That and what will those new traditions be in our family? It's interesting to see how, how they are evolving as our family takes a different shape.
1: Yeah, and, and it's interesting to see as people, because, you know, we're in Florida, and I feel like people from all over the country move to Florida, <laughs> and they bring their traditions from all over the mm-hmm. country, and I learn about all these different traditions, and it's just a neat, you know, I just think it's neat to learn about different traditions, and so teaching, you know. Just teaching about different cultures, too, in that, in that aspect
0: as well. Absolutely. And when you live in Florida, people are more than happy to come visit you for the holidays. Yes,
1: they are. <laughs> they are.
0: <laughs> I speak from experience, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about how to approach conversations, whether it mm-hmm. be conversations about traditions or conversations about, oh, the recent election in politics, or conversations about uh, about anything where you think there might be some potential conflict, how do you how do you prepare to approach those conversations?
1: Um, I think that that I know for our family, or for me and my husband, I would say that as we head over to our family's house. We are very aware. I think social media gives us a great opportunity to know <laughs> what subjects we want to approach and what subjects we don't want to approach, right? Um, I will thank social media for that. And, and, and there might just be some subjects that I, I would like to avoid. And if they come up, you know, I, I kind of maybe have an awareness that I'd, I'd like to handle those gently. And when I say gently, um, it's really important to me as a therapist and I'm coaching people that it's an It's important to start my sentences with I. I feel like when I use a sentence and I begin it with I, and it doesn't always work, but it's diffusing. So I can tell you what I believe and how I feel, but I'm not putting my belief onto you. So this is just my opinion. And now I know in our season of election right now, there have been some, you know, very Animate people that if I don't agree with you that makes you very upset um, but all I can do is tell you about my opinion um, and not project it onto to you uh, so I think that that is a way to just begin a conversation softly or seek to back out of a conversation that maybe you don't want to be in so I think we need to be aware of those hot topics that we would seek to avoid and if we get stuck in them work to begin your sentences with the word
0: I. So that you're speaking for yourself, not for someone else. Yes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Unless, of course, you're saying, I think you are absolutely wrong.
1: <laughs> well, it would also be important to avoid avoid that word you, <laughs> because you is very accusing.
0: Certainly, depending on how you're using the term. You bring up an exactly. interesting point. You bring up a good point. You bring up uh, something mm-hmm. I haven't considered before. I suppose that right. could be helpful.
1: The other thing i i think as as i was thinking about especially in the holidays you know when i'm at my in-laws house for the holidays i'm usually very aware that i'm not with my family and that can be at times very difficult for me so there is this piece that you know like it's my it's our turn to be with my in-laws for thanksgiving so it's not my turn to be with my parents for thanksgiving so i'm already probably a little heightened in my emotions already so I probably need to avoid those hot hot topics because I'm already a little anxious that I'm not maybe where I want to be. If that makes
0: sense,
1: mm-hmm. um, so I might already be a little bit on edge.
0: And the, the, that also raises the question: Why are you there? Are you there for for the benefit of yourself? Are you there for the benefit of others? Are you Why are you there? And that may shape how you approach conversations as well.
1: Right. And, and I think a lot of times, like in our family, you know, we try to share holidays and we live, our families live close enough. Sometimes we like everybody is in one place and sometimes we go back and forth. Um, and, and that's really for the sake of our kids, you know, and, and, and for our families that, you know, they both like to host Thanksgiving. So we try to, you know, share equal time and things like that. So, you know, we, we compromise. And I think that's the right thing to do. And, you know, And sometimes we have some family that comes in from out of town, and we want to be respectful and give them that time to be with them. That might not always be the first place I want to be, you know? And so, but it is about compromising your time, I believe. In my Um, opinion,
0: it all depends on who has the best dessert.
1: (laughs) Well, there is that. There is that.
0: That's how you decide which one you go to first and which one you go to second.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what motivates you. (laughs) share with you i have a sister-in-law who lives up in dc and um i I shared that i have three children and my sister and brother-in-law in dc they don't have any children and they will frequently come down for the holidays and i and i so respect what she does because she knows this about herself that there are times that she needs to check out that she can only handle being around all the family in short spurts so she always gets her own hotel room Because, and she has plenty of places that she could come and stay with us, but she chooses not to. And she's very frank about it. She says, you know what? I need my own space. So she kind of just prepares herself when she comes in town that she and her husband need their own space. And I also appreciate that she knows sometimes during the holidays, me and my husband need our own space. So she'll come and take our three kids for us, which is great and beautiful and wonderful. (laughs) But she kind of, you know, she knows what she needs when she's getting together with family. And she kind of just sets the table in that way. And she doesn't do it rudely in any way, but she just lays the groundwork ahead of time that, you know, we're coming in. Here's where we're staying. We'd love to get together with you. And she she says to me, tell me when you're available. And and she'll say, and here's when I'm not available, (laughs) you know, because here's Mm -hmm. when you don't want to be around me. So I just think sometimes we just need to be honest, you know, with family about what, what we need from them.
0: Isn't that really for everyone's benefit? In the end, because if we're honest about it, then we're not being awkward around everyone else and saying, you know, and then we're not being grumpy around everyone else because we have, especially for someone who has more of a introversion preference, then, Mm -hmm. then we're, we're not being grumpy because we don't, haven't had any time alone. And we're, and you know, if, if you tend to be more introverted, then you're probably recharged by having some alone time rather than being around a house full of people. (laughs) And so we're more likely to actually interact in a way that's 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 more helpful and perhaps more holiday appropriate <laughs> when when it, when we've had that alone time uh, alone time and, and and been honest about it rather than trying to hide that we're taking some you know oh i just need like an hour by myself
1: right and 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 i think we can be honest too and and when we get caught in a conversation that we don't want to be in to say you know i really don't i don't i just really don't want to talk about this this isn't something I talk about or, you know, this isn't something I share. I, you know, I've been a part of some family conversations where, you know, one family shares everything with each other and another family, that's just not how their system works. They're just a lot more private. Um, and so, you know, I think we can simply share sometimes that in my family, we just don't talk about these things and I don't feel comfortable talking about that, you know, and I think that's that's fine.
0: But yet it seems so foreign probably to the family that shares everything.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: So then you run the risk of being labeled weird, right?
1: <laughs> and I think, I think that's probably what we're afraid of mm-hmm. because we want our in-laws to like us. And so we have to be very aware, like you said, of why are we there? Are we there so these people will like us and accept us? Um, and, and approve of us, or you know, are we there to spend time with them? You know, what's our goal and our purpose um, for being there? And so, I think we have to evaluate that. Sometimes, I think that also goes along with if we're caught in a discussion we don't want to be in, we shouldn't just agree for the sake of being accepted.
0: Good point. Good point. That doesn't mean that you that you have to change your Uh, your values or your, or your position on something necessarily. You don't necessarily have to agree with someone uh, just Mm -hmm. for the sake of being there. You can disagree, but certainly do so in a, in a respectful way, right?
1: Yes. And, and more often than not, I, I find that you will be more respected when you state your opinion in a respectful way even if it's, you know, even if it's the opposite of what that person believes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you don't disagree for the for the sake of agreeing.
0: I think that I've seen some family members do that in such a winsome way that I really have a respect for them. Oh, I hadn't really thought of that perspective before. Because they, they've presented it in such a winsome way. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, how do you... If you if you find yourself in a situation that has escalated quickly, how do you de-escalate? Uh, move that conversation back down, or or uh, how do you bring it back down so it doesn't turn into um, a food fight over Thanksgiving dinner?
1: <laughs> um, well, I, there's a couple of tactics that I like to use. Is, is one I will check my body language and the level of my voice. So I think it's really important and and. If you want to be, um, if you want to see a perfect example of this, you need to watch a kindergarten teacher. They do this perfectly, right? They lower their voice so that the room reflects it. So if it's getting, you know, if it's really getting escalated, um, I would lower lower your voice and check your body language, you know, um, sit back in your chair, you know, make sure your face isn't, isn't tight or constricted, make sure you're using your I statements, and then you can always redirect the conversation I think also um, what we use with kids sometimes is you know just to put your hand on their arm or something um, just to kind of um, ground them and say it's okay if we disagree or I'm sorry if I've upset you or offended you or I feel like I've upset you or offended you that wasn't that wasn't what I was trying to do so I think that there are some things that we can do sometimes just to calm the situation by using our own voice, using our own body language, and sometimes even just a personal touch on the arm to kind of just calm the situation. And if that doesn't work, mm -hmm. sometimes we might just need to remove ourselves from that person for a moment. But I do believe in coming back and humbling ourselves in a way and seeking to... Repair um, a relationship if we think it if, if we think that there was a conflict of any sort
0: so I'm sorry that I made the same recipe that you make every year I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. that that's your tradition and that you usually do that I didn't mean mm-hmm. to offend yeah okay
1: well yeah or I'm sorry if I upset you by stating such and such and such. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah mm-hmm.
0: very I, good I
1: think it's, I think it's a hard thing I'm finding even to teach our kids that even if we don't think we did anything wrong, to still apologize. I don't think it's something of our culture right now to believe that we should do that, but I think it's something very much the Bible teaches us to do.
0: I'm sorry if I hurt you. That wasn't my intention.
1: Exactly. I see.
0: Mm -hmm. Good to know. Well. Mm -hmm. As the, the holidays approach and family gatherings are getting together, we have just about a minute left. Megan, anything else you'd like for us to know as we uh, as we embark on this season and all the family gatherings?
1: I would just like to say that the holidays, holidays can be very difficult for people who have lost family members. Hmm. So I think that we should always be very aware of those who have lost somebody this season, um, that, that the holidays can bring up a lot of pain and loss. So be extra sensitive to those who are just mourning holiday
0: season. Good point, good point. Megan, thank you so much for uh, helping us think through this and uh, help us prepare for all those uh, family gatherings that are coming up in the next few weeks. Megan Meisler, licensed clinical social worker and director of Christian education with Lutheran Counseling Services of Florida. Always great to talk with you, Megan. Thanks for being my guest today.
1: Thank you so much.